What's going on, everyone? Andres here. Another episode of the Ponytails Podcast. And we have our first, I think this is our, oh, maybe Amanda Q might have been our first ever third rounder. Although Amanda never had her own official episode. So this is the first person who has been officially like the third, a third round. So we're talking, of course, of uh, Braxton Amundsen. Amundsen and um, I'm excited. We were on the air with him. Oh, this would have been what July. We were talking about a movie that he is uh, one of the executive producers on, and it was getting ready to be rolled out into one of the most like uh, well-known film festivals in New York. And now the movie premiered, and we're gonna we're here to talk about it. So I'm excited to have him on. A couple of announcements before I bring him on the air, though. Uh, of course, guys, if this is your first episode, you have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, we are a podcast where we interview people who sold books door to door with a company called Southwestern Advantage. That company's been around since 1865. Now, we're not affiliated with them anymore or in any way, really ever. But what we actually do is we interview the alumni of their internship. So people who went for 80 hours a week, <laughs> 80 hours a week, Monday through Friday, uh, Monday through Saturday, even. Well, some of us only through Friday, depending on how scheduled you were. But uh, yeah, supposedly 80 hours a week going door to door. So of course, you get some crazy funny stories. And we catch up with the alumni to see what they're up to now. Some of them are doing amazing things like climbing Mount Everest or starting several companies or in this case, producing movies. So we're super excited about that to chat. Um, guys, we have a Twitter now. If you guys haven't heard, you probably have heard by now, but go check us on Twitter. Otherwise, go find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Leave us a review. Uh, do the, the big push we're doing this season. Please, if you want to help out, you don't have to do it financially. We won't ask you for money. We'll just, I mean, sure, we'll ask you for money, but we won't like beg for your money, but we do beg for reviews. Please, for the love of God, on my knees, leave us a review even if it's bad let us know that's good we need we need we need haters we would love haters well actually no we, we wouldn't love haters but we would love anybody um on that note let's get going uh, i'm gonna bring my man here once uh once in a second give me 10 seconds we'll be back on ponytail podcast Let's get off schedule for a sec. Talk about Will Metcher, who helps people get the get their own way. Move, bish. Get out the way. Go work with Will. Okay, back to work. What up, everybody? We're going to do a quick jockey spotlight with Cardinal Cedar Benefits. We're off schedule for a quick minute from the episode. Hope you're enjoying it. Take a sip of your beer. Yeah, that's good. Cardinal helps old people when they're dying because they help them with their final expense insurance. So the senior market is well taken care of for how expensive it is to die. It's a lot. Back to work. How's it going, dude? What's up? <laughs> I want to say the last time I talked to you was the last episode, but it wasn't. It was a Bizzler, which we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, dude, I'm drinking a Budweiser because uh, I'm celebrating today, but yesterday, uh, November 6th, was my 10-year anniversary of becoming a U.S. citizen. Congratulations. That's a, that's a big deal. It's yeah, big dude. So what's what's more American than Buzz, Budweiser beer? You know exactly. What's more American than <laughs> German beer? You know, <laughs> we're gonna get some apple pie and drink some Budweiser later with my wife. That's what we're gonna do after this. Isn't that funny? Because I was like, "What's American?" And I'm like, "Not pizza. That's Italian. The hamburgers are German." We're like, "Apple pie? Technically, it's kind of Dutch, but you know, we'll give it to the Americans." So. Here we are. Uh, super pumped, bro. Bro, I'm excited to talk to you as well. Uh, let's jump in because, dude, what is it like to be an executive producer of a movie? And tell me about the experience of the premiere. I'll just yeah. let you rip because you're so, great at I'll, this. I will start with that. And I was talking to a couple of friends the other day and I was like, you know, we talk about like, hey, if you're taking advice from somebody who goes to the gym a lot and has like no muscles, no tone, should you take their advice? Probably not. You know, if you're taking advice from financial advice from a poor person, do they have good advice? Probably not. So we were talking about the other day. I'm like, when it comes to having a lot of social clout and it comes to like being the life of the party at a festival, I'm your guy. Like I am a hundred percent your guy. <laughs> and I go to a party and there's so much clout in being an executive producer that it's, I mean, there's, there's other benefits to it, but 
you know, really the re- any reason why someone gets into the movie business is, is, is for the cloud. Like there's, there's better investments someone can make. There's better use of their time than someone can make to be in the movie business, but nothing gives you something cool to talk about at a party and makes you an interesting person at the party than being an executive producer on a, on a film and a Mickey Rourke film, film at that. Cause like yeah. most people have seen the wrestler. Most people have grown up watching Mickey Rourke films. Usually people like our age or older. Um, some of the people that are younger are going to be like, Oh yeah, I saw him in Iron Man too. And it's like, eh, yeah, he was an Iron Man too. Um, <laughs> but you know, like most people, like I was at this poker party the other day, not a poker player, but my buddy Cam brought me to this uh, poker party. He's like, dude, there's like so many great people for you to network. Like I'm, I'm a really good networker. I'm very, very prideful in my networking skills. Um, I'm like, if you want to, if you want to learn about starting a cult, I'm your guy. If you want to learn about networking, (laughs) I'm your guy. If you want to learn about being the life of the party and standing out in a crowd, I'm your guy. So he was like, dude, just go here. There's going to be people taking breaks from the poker table and then just, just go to the, you know, just go catch people, find out what they do, you know, be interested in their life and then, you know, advocate for what you're doing too. So I'm sitting with this guy, the guy that owned the club, really cool guy. And, you know, I was talking about this and I'm, you know, a point of conversation is like, yeah, I'm an executive producer on a film. Um, oh, who's in your film? Oh, do you know Mickey Rourke? Oh yeah. I love Mickey Rourke, you know? And then instant credibility, instant, you know, oh man, this right. guy is the producer. I, I'm Mickey Rourke's boss. You know, I paid Mickey Rourke. Well, I mean, a very little amount of money of mine probably went to Mickey Rourke, but um, you know, like so. I, I, I'm one of the people that funded Mickey Rourke's paycheck. That's kind of cool. And yeah. so I, you That's know, awesome. I, I, num- number one, it's something really, really cool to talk about. So it's really exciting. The movie premiere was at Chelsea film festival two weeks ago, I think. Yeah. I texted you. I texted you at the yeah. film festival. Like at, I was like, we need to oh, get on well, the podcast. You were on stories on Instagram. I'm like, dude, let's talk again. Like, so like this has been, we've, this is probably the earliest we got, we could get you on here to record for this, but, uh, but yeah, I was looking at it and it was like going crazy on Instagram. It was awesome. Hell yeah. It was, it was one of the best, one of the best nights of my life, you know, just seeing this project that we've been working so hard on, you know, doing the edits. Um, I was sitting at the movie with my, with my friends. I was sitting with the editors while they're editing the movie and there's, exactly two sound effects that I put in the movie. Um, <laughs> I was pretty, pretty proud of that. I was like, that's, that's my awesome. sound effect. Um, and, you know, just like sitting there, like watching everyone admire the art that that I was involved in the creation of is really, really exciting. And I took uh, time to go to the front of the theater about halfway through the movie to just look at the audience and see how the audience was engaging with the movie. And it was a sellout crowd uh, 350 people, uh, 350 seats were all filled and they actually had to decline some people at the door because we ran out of tickets, which is yeah really, really, really good when, uh, when you're having a premiere, I'd rather it be that than begging people to come in off the street. And yeah. let me, went- let me, let me ask you about this really quick. Sorry to interrupt, but I, I'm yeah, curious. Yeah. Well, first of all, we should mention, because I don't think we mentioned the movie's called Replica. You guys can uh, Google it. Go find it. We'll, we'll probably share the link to the trailer below if you guys want to get a little bit more about it. And we'll talk about what the movie is about here in a sec. We also did talk about it last time. So if you guys want to get even more details that we're probably we're going to give here and go check out the last episode Braxton was on. I think it was back in July. Um, but I wanted to ask you, so you, what, what does that day look like for you? Like, what, you know, you see movie premieres and you see like the things that you see on like, you know, Jimmy Kimmel or whatever the fuck. And you see like the, the red carpet thing or whatever. Right. But like from a standpoint of like the backstage, walk me through like what that day looks like for you. What day of the, t- what time of the day was this? What were you wearing? Like, wh- yeah. how were you feeling? Like, walk yeah. me through like that. Cause I'm curious about that personally. That's okay. awesome. Good question. So. Man, where do we even start? So we'll start with what I was wearing. Uh, I have this really badass Versace shirt. Uh, It's actually a, it's called a Finsachi. I wore it at at Bizzler one day. uh, I saw it. Yeah, it's dope. (laughs) And it's it's one of a kind. One, it's not one of a kind. There's one, there's 200 made in the world. It was a limited edition release and it costs more than I should say on the air. Um, and I was, you know, I, I was like, obviously, this is like one of the biggest moments of my life. I got to wear this. And so I was like, I got to look really, really good. 
And so I went out, it, it was a black tie event. So they won't let you in the, in the event if you don't have like a suit jacket, you know, it, it, they, they want it to be like a very like prestigious looking event. So everyone's dressed up wearing, you know, suits and ties. How I got involved, there's a couple of reasons why I got involved in this project. Um, I, number one, when you go to festivals, you know, I was talking to some, you know, researching, you know, how to succeed at festivals. And the, really the reason why I got brought in on as an executive producer on this film is because the name of the game when you're at the festival scene, because there's so many movies going on at the same time, there's, there's dozens of different yeah. theaters showing different films. So you want people to go to your film, obviously, you know, because, you know, that's where, you know, you're going to get your reviews. That's where you're going to get critics. That's where you're going to get word of mouth coming from. Oh my God, I saw this movie replica. You should see it. So right. in order to get people to your film, because most people just know there's a film, there's also 10 other films going on at the same time. How do we separate ourselves from the competition? The answer is going to the parties and just making huge waves. So, my friends were there and they're like, okay, if we're going to go do the festival scene and we need to like make waves at the party, who do we need to bring on in order to make waves at the party? And it's me. Um, That's right, yeah, baby. <laughs> I, take, I take pride in my party abilities. Um, I take pride in, I, I said, there's, there's really, there's really three things that, that you should definitely listen to me on. All the other things might be a little hit or miss. You know, if I'm talking about working out at the gym, Take it with a grain of salt. I don't even go to the gym. You know, <laughs> my exercise is <laughs> dancing at parties. You know, I haven't been to the gym in three years. So and you burn some calories, boy. I, I definitely burn some calories. I definitely burn some calories at festivals. But um, I saw you a bizzler. You're like, going yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not lifting weights anymore. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm too old. Uh, no, I'm not. But <laughs> but. Uh, if there's some things that you should definitely listen to me on, number one is social, how to get social clout and socially verify yourself. It instantly separate yourself from anyone anyone's ever talked to. Um, I really believe that some of my responses when I go door to door, when I talk to people, I want to be the only kind of door to door salesman that you've ever spoken to before. I, you know, I want to say some stuff that people have never actually heard any door to door say, person say to them before. And they instantly go, mm. that's different because they're used to like the automated recorded responses like, right. hey, are you the mom? My name's Brax. You know, like I've heard that before. You know, I've heard a variation of that before. So I actually, you know, I'm answering your question by going around it. Oh, you're good, bro. You're good. Uh, when I was going door to door, I ended up uh, taking six years off door to door. And then after the pandemic, I went and sold door to door for Vivint for one summer mm -hmm. just to kind of get back on the feet from, you know, the world economy collapsing. So I was going door to door and I got, I got so fed up with sounding like a tape recorder. I cannot sound like a tape recorder. I, it'll drive me crazy. And it's actually against my values and against my integrity to, to say just the same words over and over again, because I'm all about connection. I'm all about, you know, listening to people, getting to know people and not just doing something. Hey, if you say these lines, you'll make money. That's not what I'm about. So I was really bad. I went two full weeks without making a sale. And I was miserable. I was like, I, I don't know why I'm doing this right now. I can't ethically do what I'm doing. I don't like, I mean, I don't know. This is a ponytails. This is a door to door podcast. I'm not the biggest fan of door to door sales, not for the reasons you All might good. think, but I don't like door to door sales because basically <sighs> in Southwestern, it was, Hey, talk to 30 people a day between three and five will buy from you. And I see the, 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 the inverse of that. So I'm talking to 30 people a day and say, I get five customers. I probably pissed off about 20 people and then five, <laughs> five of them are pretty neutral and then five buy five like me. So I'm not really about pissing off 20 people per day. Like I think I'm making the world worse that way. I'm leaving someone angry and bitter that I disturbed their day. So I'm, I'm not a huge fan of like how the door to door business is operated. Treating people like numbers is, is, is something that like, it hurts my soul. So I was going door to door and I'm like, okay, one of the things, you know, I said, there's three things that you should definitely listen to me on. One of them is 
just separating myself from from everybody else and just being uh, somebody that you haven't spoken to before. You know, I'm not like a type of person that's shown up to your door before. So I went to my manager, actually it was Steve Thiden, who uh, oddly enough recruited Andres into. Uh, that's South right. So, uh, shout out uh, Steve, baby. I remember I was, I was sitting in his, in his room, like at night we we're doing like trainings and, you know, I go into his room. I was really trying to do well. I swear to God, I was trying. There's something that I'm doing when I'm working. It's trying to succeed. Um, I was doing everything I could. And I, I, I walked up to Steve and I'm like, I can't do this. And I ripped up my sales talk. I was like, I cannot do this, Steve. I can't. I'm not quitting. I'm not leaving the office, but I'm not doing the job the way that I'm being trained to do. I just can't do it. I was like, do you trust me? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to give what I'm about to do a, a go. I'm not wearing my uniform to work. I'm wearing some badass blazer. I'm, I was wearing, I, I wore these really, I have these really cool jackets that I wear. I was like, I'm wearing this really badass blazer. I'm going to dress up really nice and I'm going to do the job the way, the only way that I know how to do it, which is by having fun with people, being authentic and saying something different that's going to just redirect their mind and open their mind to something new. I'm not talking to 30 people a day. I'm going to talk to three. And I was like, I took Shit. my book. I'm an author, just like, just like you, I'm an author. And I brought my book. I didn't, I didn't hand out my, uh, usually like I'd hand out like a slick that, that has like all of our products on it. I didn't, right. I didn't have that. I had that in my bag, but I would hand them my book. I would knock on the door and I would say, Hey, Andres, uh, my name is Braxton Amundsen. I'm actually a published author. Here's my book. Um, I actually was just sitting around at home during the pandemic. Everyone's been super affected one way or another. And as an author, as a personal development coach, one of the number one things that, that I thought was important is to just check in with people and see how they're doing in the community because everyone's been affected one way or another. I'm sure you're no different. And, you know, we'd have a connection, we'd have a conversation. And I then said, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. You know, Simon Sinek, start with why. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. What I'm selling, what I'm doing is actually working with Vivint. You you've probably seen like the smart home cameras. They were so much more open to listening to what I had to say when I started with my why than when I, when I started with my what. And that day, that first day after selling nothing my first two weeks, I, I had three customers, three sales. Um, I talked, nice. to, talked to three people. I sold all of them. And it was so funny. Like I was having so much fun with people. Like I knocked on a door one time, the guy came out and he was like, I'm not interested. And I'm, and I, I just, I just asked him, what's that like? And he was like, <laughs> That's awesome. he was like, what do you mean? I was like, what's it like to not be interested? That must suck. And he you said, said that. Yeah. I said, this oh, shit. Curious, curious look on his face. <laughs> and I was like, I, I want to know because I'm interested in everything. I, it's not relatable for me to not be interested because I'm interested in, in literally everything. I'm even interested right now in your lack of interest. And that's how much I want to know right now, because this is so unfamiliar and <laughs> I blew his mind and I, I, I go inside and I'm like, you have, did I earn your sale? And he's like, yeah, I'm like, he didn't even know what I was doing. I was like, did I earn your sale? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, do you want me to tell about it, tell you about it? Or do I just sign you up? And he's like, just, just how much is it? I'm like, it's 75 bucks a month. He's like, okay, just, just sign me up. You, you earn $75 a month. I was like, okay, <laughs> so I sign up. He doesn't even know what's what he's like, what's that like <laughs> to not be interested? I don't, I don't, I, I want to know. So that's great. That's one of the things I'm extremely good at is just uh, the next guy comes out. What do you want? And I'm like, I just want people to be kind to each other. You know, like, thank you for asking. What is it that you want? And uh, you know, it's like the same thing. I'm like, okay, you have to buy now. You know, like you're mean. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your money. That's just, the kind just, thing to do now. Having fun with people. So like, you yell at me. <laughs> if there's one thing I'm good at, it's it's separating myself from people. If there's another thing I'm good at, it's standing out in a crowd, and you know, going to a party. Uh, last night I was at a festival. Sorry, I was a little late on our on our Zoom call. That's nah, all good, bro. Um, I was I was at a festival last night. I was dancing. I pretty much dance every night, and. When I'm in the zone, I like take control of the crowd. Like it's, 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 it's a, it's a straight up performance. Like I have, I, I somebody, I, it might be ego, maybe, I don't know, whatever. But 
I, I posted last night. I'm like, when I'm at a festival or party and you ask who was performing, the answer is me. I was performing. <laughs> Everyone else was just a backup act. I was the main attraction. <laughs> like, like that's just, that's just my mindset. Bizzler, like, that was, that was, that was, you were, you were, you were like the first act right there at Bizzler. You were just, that, you were part of the show. That's and, my mindset. That's my mindset when I go, I, I am the life of the party. I am your, I, I am instantly making whatever I'm doing. Like I was in Argentina two or three weeks ago and I was on top of a, I stood on top of a picnic table. I was at, someone was like, Hey, do you know this DJ? I'm like, no, I don't know this DJ. It's not my job to know DJs. It's their job to know me. And I saw the day Joe, I was giving, I was giving this whole like, you know, speech about like why I, why the DJs need to know me, why I'm the most important person of the party. The whole speech is in English. So Everyone there, no one speaks English in Argentina. They're all just cheering for me. I'm just like saying the most egotistical, arrogant shit that you've ever heard. And they're just like, yeah. I'm like, I'm the one that you need to know. <laughs> um, so uh, it, it's a mindset, I guess. I don't know if it's healthy or not healthy. We'll, we'll throw, we'll, we'll leave that to the audience to determine. But that's, that it's the mindset that I have when I go into something. And I think it's why I'm successful. It's, it's why the things that I do turn to gold because it's, it's the mindset of like, what I'm doing is valuable. You should listen. And it's not like it, it I, I have an, an, an energy, a charisma about me that like just demands attention. And um, you know, like I believe a lot of times when I, when I'm speaking, people listen. So again, number two is you should definitely take uh take advice from me when it comes to partying and, you know, and standing out in a crowd and you should absolutely take advice from me on fashion. So with all that being said, I was brought onto this movie because we're going to the festival scenes and the biggest way to make waves, to get people to show up to your movie is by just making a complete scene. Oh my God, this guy is having a blast. He's the life of the party. I want to be doing what he's doing. What project are you with? Oh, I'm here with Replica. Oh, that's great. So instantly they're like, I better, when I see Replica, that better be one of right. the movies go to so yeah absolutely that's why i got brought sense. on and then coupled with the other two things it's like it just it's a good mix exactly yeah so, so, so it's, it's just like i'll, I'll have i'll have you interested enough, it, I, i'm interesting enough to have your attention and then i i'm captivating enough to to keep it so there's a there's a book guy um i, I maybe i won't say a name but uh he was very he was a very popular topic of conversation on bizzler um he is definitely interest, interesting enough to gain your attention, but he is not captivating enough to keep it. And, you know, I'm like, you're doing actually the hardest part. The hardest part is, is the, is grabbing is, people. Yeah. yeah. Getting people. But like, then you have to learn how to keep them, you know, how to keep their attention, keep them engaged. This guy has no clue. Um, <laughs> we love him though. We love him to death. And uh, so, so at the, at the event, it was so great because my role was basically just partying was just, you know, go be Braxton, mentioned. go, go be Braxton, go meet people, go do your thing, go light people up with joy and smile and then go, you know, tell them what you're doing and people come will check this out. Up. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so my, my role was nothing, you know, every executive producer has a, a different part. So some are brought in for fun. What up, everyone? Off-schedule story really quick. The average agent at Cardo Cedar Benefits earns about 5K per week. It's pretty badass. So on that note, yo, yo, ponies. Off-schedule moment. Everybody loves Property Brothers. Some people for the looks, some for real estate. If you're the second or both, you should become a Property Brother sister over at Southwestern Real Estate. Can't promise that you'll look good, but uh, you'll sell a lot of houses. Okay, back to work. Funding, which obviously I, I brought in some funding too, but um, some people are, are brought in for uh, bringing on talent. So there's an executive producer role where, hey, I have a crap ton of really good Hollywood connections. I can get you in touch with, in this case, Mickey Rourke. Uh, I can get you in touch with uh, Nick Turturro, Noel G. You know, some some household names in the in the movie business that you've. Noel G's the shit. He's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's uh, one of the main characters in our movie. Um, he was he was, he was Dude, great. I, I want to watch this film now. Yeah, yeah. So there was there was a guy that's executive producer on the film. What he brought to the table was his connections to you know Hollywood actors. So everyone has a different role, 
and everyone's role everyone role, everyone's role is important you can have the best movie in the world it, it movies are, are are just like art so you can have you can be the best singer in the world you can have some really great songs but if you don't have like the branding if you don't have like the name brand recognition and no one hears your work you're not going to make it very far so there's so many really great singers really great speakers really great movies um, that are out there for people to watch that no one ever sees because they don't have the complete top to bottom package. So all of it's necessary right. and yeah. all of it's necessary and all of us and, and all of us like play our part. So um, I was fact, like, yeah, go in ahead. fact, being a good movie sometimes isn't even part of it because there's plenty of shit movies who have everything else and they get commercial success because yeah. they look have up Adam, look up Adam Sandler's career. Um, yeah, exactly. Okay. Like, I will say Hustle that just came out was amazing on Netflix, but Adam Sandler is full of, he's an A plus list actor that has at best a no C good movies. Movie. Yeah, with the exception Big of Hustle. Big Daddy? Hustle was really, really good. The rest of his movies are C plus or B minus. Like they're mediocre. Yeah, they're okay. And yeah. He, he's branded so well. His Happy Madison brand is so good that everyone watches. I think I've seen every Adam Sandler movie. I think I have. Um, I, you know, like they're all entertaining enough to watch, but you know, not enough for me to like be a raving fan of, but, but they're not captivating. They're not. <laughs> captivating. And so like, the, like, like, like just what you said, like you can have the best movie in the world. And in fact, like some of the worst movies in the world are the one are, are, are successful because they just happen to be branded. Right. So right. I was like, okay, I got to show up. I got to really just. I got to turn people's heads. Like, you know, it's, it's my job to, to, to turn people's heads. So, you know, I'm wearing this Versace Fendi Versace shirt. Um, you know, wearing this thing. Um, I've, I, I did an, I actually just produced a short film. I will, won't talk too much about that. It's, it's really in the, in the smaller process, but I was the lead executive yeah. producer on the short film. So that means I was the, I was the person that funded the most money and I showed up to the shoot. And the director, Polly, Polly's the director on both on, on both films. And Paul Tully, yeah. Paul Tully, yeah, yeah, that's his name. We love him. And I show up to the the shoot like four hours late. And you know, because I'm an executive producer, like it's you know, they don't even most of the time they don't even go to the to the projects. They might just go and say hi and leave. So I show up four hours late to the shoot. Um, I was wearing you know whatever clothes I wear, and uh, I go in and I'm and I'm like, hey, what's up? And uh, like, oh, this is Braxton. They're like, oh, you're Braxton. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm just sitting on set here. I was like, hey, can I get a chair real quick? And they're like, yeah. And they bring me this chair. And I'm like, can I get a taller chair? And they're like, yeah, yeah, sure. They go out and they switch out and I get a taller chair. And Paul comes out and he's like, I've never seen someone before just show up as a better executive producer shows up than you have. <laughs> you show up four hours late. You're, you're wearing clothes that like no one's ever seen any, a human being wear before. And then you go in like you're the most important person in the world. You ask for a chair and ask for a taller chair. And he's like, he's like, he's like, literally, he's like, as soon as you left, everyone, like we had to stop filming for everyone to be like, who's that guy? And he's like, he's like their confidence. And, and, and these are all things that I didn't quite understand about like the executive producer's role. I am the one that this is their art, the, the actors, the director, um, all the people, you know, the, the, the music, the, the, the camera people, they don't do what they do for the money at all. Like they, they, they don't care about the money. They care about getting their works of art in the hands of people. And so when I rolled in the way that I rolled in, like I, I just wanted a taller chair. Like I, <laughs> I wasn't like trying to think that I was the most important person in the room. I just wanted a taller chair. And he's like the way you just like demanded that 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 people like listen to everything you say it made the actors so much more confident that their piece of work will get into the right hands he's like he's like if you're demanding like that type of mm. of attention there he's like well, you're the one i'm the lead executive producer on a film so i'm the one that's that's at most risk if the if the movie doesn't get seen if the movie doesn't sell i'm the one that's you know my money's liable and they're like we right. want this guy in charge of getting this workout. You know, he's the one that's financially attached to it. We want him to to be in charge of our film. So 
that I, I didn't, yeah. these are some things I didn't They have the responsibility to you yeah. and they feel, yeah, they feel accountable because of that. That's dope. I, I'm going into this, like I walked onto the stage going, oh, I get to meet these really cool actors. Oh my God, I get to meet these really cool, you know, like I'm thinking that they're the stars, right? Like, I'm just like, oh my God, like they're the one, you know, I'm like, this is really cool that I can be on set with them. And they're thinking, wow, we get to be on set with this guy. And, and that was, a, it was a really humbling experience for me to actually like take a look at myself and, 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 and see that like, I'm, you know, their project is in my hands right now. You know, I, I can decide at any given time, you know, given that I own, you know, the majority of the movie, I can decide at any given time when we stop uh, putting this work out, Hey, we're, we're actually just pulling the plug on the project and, you know, I'm going to cut my losses, but it's not worth our time or energy to continue pr pursuing a movie deal. So no one wants to hear that. No one that put time and energy, even if they got paid for their work, right. nobody wants to hear that their project, their work of art got halted because yeah. the, the investor decided that it wasn't worth his time or, or, or energy. So um, that was a really interesting, um, I guess, realization that I had when when I was going through this is like how important my role is on the film other than just hey here's some money um other right. than hey here's you know I, I want to be part of a cool project I'm actually like yeah people's, people's livelihoods people's dreams are are at my fingertips um so and, and with that too like because you always hear about uh you know, people talk about producers and like, you know, in, in movies, right? You you hear a lot of people make a big deal about directors, right? Christopher Nolan and Quentin Tarantino, and you hear about the producers. Oh, this was produced by this, but you don't really know and understand the scope of that until like you realize what you're describing here, which is like, this is really what fuels the car. If 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 a, if the movie making process is a vehicle, like it's a car. The fuel is production, right? The director's at the wheel, right? And the actors are what make the car look pretty. You know what I'm saying? And then the road itself is a script. But like to make the car go, you need you need the producers. Like if without that, it's you, you have a okay producer and a uh, or a great producer and an okay director, and the movie still does well. Versus the other way around, no, that doesn't work like that. You, you're providing people with the opportunity to do their art. And that's you're investing in their talent all across the board to make sure that or to at least do your part, making sure that this project is as, is as successful as possible. And that's huge. I hadn't realized that until you just described that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was, it was it was something that I didn't I, I literally didn't understand until I asked for a taller chair. Like that was all I did. I was like, Yeah, I, I know, but but to, that realization was something that simple is crazy. It was something something that simple is like like you came in and yeah. just demanded that like I'm the most important person in the room. And 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 I, it was really interesting because I was I was on set last week, so I was actually had a I actually had a role in the movie too, which is really fun. Um, oh, nice. the, the movie is filmed only in Spanish. It's called Santa Lucia. It was filmed only in Spanish. It's a 25 minute short film. And I played this party guy at a bar. I was the only white guy in the whole movie. And I played this, this party guy in the bar. I was setting the scene for the, for the main act, actress to come in. And, you know, she, it's a scene in the bar. I'm, I'm talking to the bartender in like, you know, really jumbled Spanish. I'm just like, Necesito biro, you know, biro, no, not biro, cerveza, you know, and I'm like, amigo, tequila para los todos. And he's like, here, get out of here. I'm like, oh, he speaks English, you know, like <laughs> I, I, I walk off, I walk off the scene and then the, then the actress comes in. So that was my, that was my role in the movie. And it was really fun uh, like being on set and we're, we were filming last week and it was so interesting. Like during the downtime, you know, all the actors were coming up and they were asking me questions about my life, you know you know, what I do for a living and, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, are they interested? You know, cause like a lot of times in the, in like the, the movie business and the arts business, um, a lot of times people are very attached to titles and people are very attached to like some kind of clout that you bring. So I'm just like, are they interested in me because they're interested in me or are they interested in me because they think that I have some kind of clout and it probably, the answer was probably both. Um, probably, you know. I was going to ask you, what do you think it is? Yeah. Probably a little bit of both. But mm. 
I was like, well, I was so humbled by, you know, like, like how really cool the people that were on set with me were they, you know, like, like, like I, I got, I feel like I made like 30 new friends that day. And, you know, it was a low budget film. It was, I mean, the low budget film was part of it was funny too. You know, we had a $25,000 budget as replica had a $2 million budget. So That's crazy, <laughs> a little, a little bit different. Like we're, you know, every, like they're counting like every single expenses, you know, I was, I was getting, I was getting food for the, for the team and they're like, you know, make sure you only get ham and cheese or turkey and cheese and you don't get like the premium subs. Like, I was like, yeah. I was like really? <laughs> really? No, really? No extra mayo. Don't do yeah, it. And the, do not get the guac for that. Do not get the guac. Absolutely not. But um, yeah, it was, it was a little bit different. But I was like, man, like this is, you know, this there's stages of where people are. You know, there's there's the stage where like someone like Mickey Rourke is. There's a stage where you have the you know an entry level actor and actress, and you know I was been learning about the movie business. Like, hey, we're doing it. You know, I'm like, I don't mind giving some money to this to this short film. How am I going to make money on the distribution of a of a 20 minute film? I've never watched a 20 minute film. You know, I don't. Yeah, no, think I don't think so. Either. I don't Neither. think you've ever watched a 25 minute mm -hmm. film. You know, it's not it's not a TV show. It's a it's a full story. 20 you know 20 25 minutes, and they're like, oh. So this is how this works. So you make a short film, then you go to the festivals and that's basically your idea. That's your, it's your idea of a feature film. So most movies like Toy Story was an example where it started as like a small idea. It started as a 12 minute short film. Someone saw the movie, saw the potential of making it into a feature film, invested in the movie. Everyone that was involved in the short film made loads of money on on, on Toy Story. So right. he, he was like, he was like how do you make, you know, the, 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 the general public is never going to see the movie we filmed last week. You know, only a couple people are going to see it, but then we'll refilm a feature film and maybe we'll probably use like the same actors and actresses from the larger film. But then that, I was like, that's how it goes. So I was like, I was like, that's an interesting part of the movie business that I didn't know before that. Like you don't spend two, know. three, dollars on on an idea first you spend twenty twenty five thousand dollars on an idea then you get the funding from from larger people once you have someone that's really confident in the, in the direction they can take it then they invest into the, the larger portion of it so it's been a really interesting a really interesting like topic of conversation again like i have a lot of clout i, I love the clout aspect i i i definitely yeah. have I definitely you thrive like, in that. I definitely <laughs> like the clout. I love going to a party and saying I'm a producer on a Mickey Rourke film, like instant credibility. You know, hey, I go into, you know, there's always that, um, you know, everyone's kind of sizing themselves up. And I'm like, look, you don't I'm not going to size you up, but like you don't but, but, but don't size me up because like, if, if we play that game, I'll win. You know, <laughs> I was like, unless I mean, like NASA unless you mean like a NASA astronaut or or like a formula one pilot, but you know, yeah. 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 Producer like, on, a, on a movie like, with big, with people who with like well-known actors from Hollywood, that's pretty simple. Yeah. So, so it, it's, it's, I think I was telling, I think I was saying this off air at the beginning of it. It's people, people that get into the movie, the movie business, they get in for the clout and you know, there's better investments that I could have made with my money or my time. There's, there's, you know, more sure returns that I could get on my investment. Um, but a big part of it is, hey, I'm going to invest in some money and, you know, I intend on making most of my money or doubling my money or, you know, hopefully tripling my money. I would like that. But we're also going to have a blast being part of a project. And, and that's where it's really cool. Like that's that that's the part where it's like, hey, you know, I am part of a project and we're going to go to all these festivals. We're going to meet all these really cool people. We're going to go. Um, you know, go, go network, go meet, go meet, go meet some people. And it's going to be the time of our life. So that's why people would get into the business. And it's someone, it's something you, you do have to have a passion for. I got into replica. I think I said this on the last podcast, I got into replica because I love the story. I, I love, mm -hmm. I love what the, the movie's about. I love, I don't consider myself a woke person. I, I, I don't like, I like, you know, like woke now has like a stigma to it where it's like the person yeah. overly woke. They're actually like, they might have some really good ideas and good beliefs, but they're actually shoving them so far down your throat that they're actually doing worse for the movement. 
you know, and, and, and right. unfortunately that is like, Hey, sometimes the, the, you know, what you stand for is great, but how you're standing for it is very, you know, not so great. And the, the unfortunate truth is, um, I was telling people a lot about the movie. We have a, a transgendered lead actress. Um, Alexandra Gray is, um, a, a transgender lead, lead actress. She was great. I actually, she stayed in my Airbnb during Chelsea film festival. I got to spend a lot of time with her. She was really cool. And, nice. Um, a lot of people, when they hear like the, the, the trans transgender lead, they think, oh my God, this is going to be like a movie where they're just shoving like the, the, the transgender, like ideology right. throat. That's not true at all. Like I was actually in line. Um, and someone was, was, was talking like replica came up. I was networking with someone and they're like, I'm like, do you know anything about replica? And these, I was talking to these two ladies they are probably in their fifties. And they're like, all I know it's, 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 it's some transgender movie. And I'm like, not really. Ooh, like, no, it's not. It's not mm-hmm. really. A, it, it's a crime movie. It's a, it's a crime movie. It's an action movie. And the transgender yeah. part is a very, very small part of, of the movie. Like, yeah, there is definitely a transgender role in it, but like when you watch the movie, it's, it's, it's there. It's, it's, there it's, the it's about removing those, well, here I got it. I got it pulled up. I got I pulled it up earlier. Um, I think I have it here. An African American trans woman gets accidentally stranded in L.A. and becomes engulfed in a, a gritty world when she's introduced to a neo-Nazi meth dealer. The, they begin falling in love just as they find themselves prey of some other drug dealers. So the crazy part is that the, the thing about like to, to to your point is it's not about trans people. It's not about uh, uh some political movement or or, or 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 like motivation that you have to try to display and like jump in people's faces and be like this is blah. nothing it's not no it's it's a it's a crime drama it just happens that one of the characters and actresses or yeah actresses in it is a trans woman and that's yeah. It okay. just, it's, it's, it's not totally okay. I, I don't consider it a transgender movie. I consider it a movie that happens to have a transgender actress in it. You know, like it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's just a no, little bit. That's exactly right. You know, and yeah. like there, there's some people that like, there's so much judgment there. Like I, I love, I love nothing more than when people think that I'm gay. I think it's so funny. Um, <laughs> I wear my little, <laughs> my little like headpiece and I, um, you know, I, I dress very flamboyantly and I, I do it. Number one, I think it's funny. Um, but number two, like the, the deeper part of it is, you know, someone will ask me like, like what my sexuality is. And I'm like, are you, are you interested in sleeping with me? Because really that's the only way, the, the reason why that should matter. And, you know, like, like people, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I just, I just showed you how judgmental you are by, you know, by, by asking me that question in the first place. So um, I, I love, um, I love like, like, like checking people like right that where it's like, it really, it really doesn't matter. Um, like, like none of that matters. And, you know, people here, like, especially with like the transgender community, like it's a tough life. It's a really tough life. I think 40% of, of transgendered people, um, attempt suicide in their life or do commit suicide. It's an alarming, it's an alarmingly yeah. high number. It's a very high number. And, yeah. um, you know, it's like, that's, some, that, that's something that like the unfortunate truth is that the woke ideology right now is actually probably making it harder for the, for the, yes. for, for the trans people because they're trying to shove a narrative <laughs> down your throat and they're trying to make like backwoods Christian people like accept it. Where in reality, the all you need to do is say, "Hey, there are people, and all people are really fun. All people are amazing. You don't have to like hook up with them. You don't have to, you know, whatever. But just give people a chance." Like I was dancing last night, and I was having the time of my life, and um, you know, I do the whole thing where the whole crowd is like recording me, and I'm like, I love right. that, love it. What's that, Abizler? I love it. Uh, but I was dancing last night. This old guy comes up, probably in his sixties. Uh, just you know, this old guy, and he was he was just he came up and started dancing too. And I'm like, I'll entertain him. I was like, I was like mirroring his horrible dancing. You know, we're we're, we're dancing around in a circle. Like like I was having fun with him. Then then these two like there's two girls. They're, they're like six foot two. Like obviously like like transgender. 
um, they come up and they start dancing. I'm like, I'll entertain them. You know, it's just, it's just all these things. Like people want like the like all we have to do, like really all, our only responsibility to other people in humanity is to make people feel valued. Like that's it. That's it. Right. You know, it's like because how, they are. How hard is that? Yeah. How hard is that to just to like have fun with people like it's just like you know this old guy like he you know he wanted to have fun i was going to have fun with him then these two girls come up wanted to have fun with them you know and it's like that that's that's all we're doing like like think about like like jesus is a perfect example um like jesus is an example like he hung out with all the the tax collectors the sinners the you know all the, all, all those people because those are the people that were the outcasts of society those are the people that 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 need love the most and you know like how hard is it just to like bring a smile to someone's face. Like, is that too much to ask? Like, really, is that too much to ask that there's a person here in the world? And my only thing that I need to do is put a smile on this person's face. Like there's some people, yeah. you, you never know what people are going through. Like ever. Yeah, dude. You, this reminds me a little bit of the, of the Louis CK bit when he talks about cell phones, but it's the same application for like how to treat other people. Cause I live in Portland. So when you're talking about how like the woke movement is definitely making it harder for, it's making a hard, harder barrier to entry for understanding and acceptance of an entire community like this. I, I see it firsthand day to day here at the same time, there's a ton of transgender people in portland and so you just learn to be okay with it because like i came from nebraska right i grew up in grand island for the most part and like you don't see that there you don't see you don't see transgender people generally speaking you know regularly frequenting you know the bar or whatever in grand island yeah. nebraska but in portland it's like it's just it's just it's just they're just part of a community as it should be so there's i see both sides where it's like hey I understand that you're a person and that you have value and that you're having a human experience just like the rest of us. And that's totally no problem. No problem. And then there's people who are trying to fight it so hard that it almost by default, like fucks it up for, for, for the whole acceptance of it because it's just so intense and so stubborn that it makes people want to be stubborn instead of open. So it's, there's like, it's like not having a buying atmosphere to tie it back to books, if you will. Right. It's kind of like yeah. a door to door person going buy this. You're like, what the get the hell out of my porch right like it doesn't work that way and it won't, won't ever work that way so it's 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 exactly what you're saying it's just hey people just want to feel valued right people sure. are like oh transgender people are ruining this country no how shitty is your shitty shitty life that that's what you fall to when you haven't like have you talked to a person have you heard their experience have you known what they have lived through no just like anything else right it, it's not that uh the transgender movement sucks. It's just that your life sucks around the transgender movement. And so you're wanting to put blame on something for that. And so then that's what happens. And it's also sad that it's not like that you feel that way because you're missing out on meeting a really cool person potentially. Now, that being said, there's transgender people that suck, just like there's Hispanic people that suck. And then there's white people that's so well, we all know that. But there's, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like you know what i'm saying so that's sucking is a human experience being, yeah. being a shitty human is a human is a human thing it's not like a transgender thing or it's it just so yeah it's statistically speaking you're gonna bump into some shitty ones across but in that same light there's great white people right there's great hispanic people there's great transgender people there's great transgender hispanic people right and there's space for those humans and i say humans intentionally at the table if you're just willing to just be like, "Hey, what's your name?" and let's just let's just get, what makes you cry? What's your, what's what makes your, you laugh? I'm like, so interested in all the stories. Like, what's what hurts? What 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 feels good to you? What what uh, what makes you excited? What gives you life? What makes you wake up out of bed and really get to know people that way? And oh my God, how far could we get? Yeah. I mean, forget the transgender movement and just talk about it in general. Like, how far could we get? Now we're getting all philosophical here, but that's that's just how I see it after being here for a while. It's just like I totally hear what you're saying. The the movement is so intense that it's hard. And it's hard. Like you feel like you're on eggshells often. I'm living that day to day. On the other hand, I've met tons of transgender people. I'm like, man, it's fucking you're a human being. It doesn't doesn't matter if you're a man, woman, child, whatever. You're a fucking great human being. And it doesn't matter your background, it doesn't matter what who you like or you don't like it's just a human experience and that's just fine 
one so, of the one of the hardest struggles that's actually depicted in the movie is it shows a, a woman, um, in this case, a transgender woman that falls in love with a man who's also in love with her until he finds out that she's trans. And then there's this huge blow up. And one of the one of the problems and one of the hardships that the the transgender people face is is I am a transgender person. I'm a um, LGBT, a member of the LGBTQ plus community that is interested in heterosexual men, right? Mm -hmm. So that that's hard there because now the the movie also shows like the heterosexual man having to reshape his whole mindset and his whole beliefs. Oh my God, does this make me gay? Does this make me this? Does this this make me that? And you know, and that's that in itself. Like we're all we're all out here searching for love. Congratulations, Andres is married. He found his he found his person. Yay! Um, I'm just looking yes. for somebody to love. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, the the rest of us are all just out here looking for looking for our person. And knock knock. Hello, off schedule story. Nick Dale, episode one sixty eight. He tells us about how cool it is to work at Cardinal, and when he was selling door-to-door how he ran into a guy with a foot fetish more on that episode 168 go check it out knock knock last off schedule story guys i want to tell you about my good friend alex black i used to work over at Enlight energy and it was a pleasure working with him and that entire company um definitely would recommend you guys check out what that opportunity is it was a great way to make money and it was one of the most uh rewarding experiences i had to help people take ownership of their power it's pretty cool so on that note let's finish up this episode bye it's you know there's no room for judgment there you know there's 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 you know especially in judging myself oh my god is this is this person hot enough Is, is is are they successful enough are they this are they that or that and it's like if i'm happy with the person and we're we're growing together the rest shouldn't matter and, and, and it's actually de- depicted in all the hardships that are, you know, that are faced there where it's like, um, you know, one of the lines she said, I, I thought you knew until like, he started saying like a lot of homophobic stuff. And then she stormed out. And he had no idea why she stormed out. And he's mm. back later and explained, she's like, I thought you knew until you started saying all that crazy stuff about, you know, about all the stuff. Then I just couldn't be around. I couldn't be around it. And she's like, maybe I, maybe I did just want to live a fairy. She said, maybe I just wanted to live a fairy tale. Maybe I wanted to to be accepted for who I was just one time. And mm. it's like, man, like, how real is that? Like, how real is yeah. that? How is that? Uh, that's a real human experience, regardless of your gender or your race or your whatever. Like, it's so. Like, I just wanted to be fucking loved. Yeah, and it's <laughs> like, God damn it. And it's and it's like, like I recently lost like thirty five pounds. Like about a year ago, I went on a a trek to lose. I lost thirty five pounds and I gained fifteen back. Net down twenty. Yes. Um, Yeah. Help us. Yeah. Um, But good heart. Good good heart condition probability. That's great. I was judging myself on, am I sexy enough? Like, do I look good enough? And you know, I want to be with, I want to be with the hot girl. I want to be, you know, seen with the hot girl. Um, but I'm like, you know, maybe I can convince the hot person to like me, even though I'm not a hot guy. And, you know, maybe I'll, I'll have charming enough of a personality where she'll stick around. Right. You know, that's where my charm came from. You know, it's like, I got to do something. <laughs> I'm, I'm an overweight guy. I'm not gonna, you know, whatever. And um, once it, it's interesting because once I accepted myself for who I was and I was confident in my own skin, what do you know? The weight came off. You know, it wasn't the weight came Shocker. off when I accepted myself. And you know, I, I, I had some I had some surgery a year ago. I had um, gynecomastia surgery. I don't know if you know what that is. Um, it's basically, it's it's breast reduction surgery for men, um, where like men, um, it's, a, it's almost like fifty percent of men have it, where they have like to develop breast tissue are you are you checking um where they, Bro, they develop, i got i got them titties yeah they develop breast tissue and there's actually I just said no, that on the air <laughs> right um there's cool. no way to get cool. rid of it there, it's impossible like you can eat as healthy as you want you can work out as much as you want that breast tissue is not going to go away without surgery so 
I was like, okay, I want to get surgery. You know, I have some, you know, some money saved up. I have some time. I was in Colombia, and uh, I'm in Colombia now, actually. Um, what? You didn't tell me this. I I, di- I did now. Um, I did. I, I did. I, I didn't. I'm in, in Colombia. Are you? Like, you said this to me as we have to close. You're telling me this yeah. as we have to end this episode. But, <laughs> Damn it! I, I was in I was in Colombia. That's funny. Um, I was in Colombia and I was like, okay, I'll get this surgery. It's not expensive here. It's, I, I and up. it's they're like world class yeah. doctors at, for these kinds of surgeries there to yep. add and to reduce. Yes, I'm saving eight thousand dollars doing it here yeah. versus in the U.S. Yeah, it, dude. Because we dude, stew all the Medellin time. specifically. Oh. It's like the I think oh, it's okay. like in the top. It, it might be that this is a misquote totally, but I think it's like the plastic surgery capital of the world. That should be some, true. Or it's in the top five. It's like it literally it's, is like it's now it's some of the women there are naturally beautiful, but damn, there's the uh, it, and what and I'm not gonna say it. This is gonna sound uh, I gotta be careful how I say this. What we can traditionally consider to be beautiful and unattractive, right? Within those yeah. spectrum within the spectrum, the ugly chicks there are like tens in California. Like in Medellin, in Medellin has some of the most beautiful women in the world. It's this is not an opinion, no bias. Go Google it. Well, actually, no Google. You might find some crazy shit, but or Google at your own will, at your own risk. But yes, but, but yeah, <laughs> I was like, I was like, look, I'm gonna get some surgery, and I and I, I'm a huge um, proponent on personal development work. I'm a huge proponent on all this stuff, and I learned about. Um, OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. So I watched a show based on OCD and there's a woman that when she drives a car, she'll go like two blocks and she thinks she hit someone and she'll pull over and make sure she didn't run someone over. Then she'll get back in her car and keep driving. Like her OCD is like, anytime she hits a little bump, she's making sure that it wasn't a person she hit. So the doctor said, if she stopped driving, they're like, Oh, if she stops driving, then she won't have that, you know, that tick anymore. The tick will just attach to something else. Like there'll be yeah. something else that it'll compulsion. Just, yeah. It'll, it'll just grab, it'll, it'll gravitate to if she stops driving. So um, no different than with, with the surgery aspect, you can't surgically remove an insecurity. So I could get the surgery on my gynomastia, but if I have, you know, some kind of insecurity, that insecurity is just going to, you know, catch on somewhere else. So I was like, I'll do the surgery, but I'm going to make sure that I do the surgery in a way where I'm also like, mentally prepared to um work on the insecurity aspect of it too because like the surgery is something that i I wanted to do but i also want to make sure that like i'm not the that's reason why people get addicted to surgeries they spend millions and millions of dollars on jackson surgery yeah surgically perfecting their body because it's not they're they're not solving the insecurity it's it's almost like you're cutting grass you cut grass at the surface it grows right back and so I was like, okay, I'm going to do this, but I'm just going to do work on myself. So I'm going to do work on my, and I let those insecurities go. And lo and behold, once I love myself, I lost a bunch of weight and I was super happy with what I look like. So, you know, it's, there's so many proponents of, of, of life that like we, we have the opportunity of, you know, growing our, ourselves and engaging. Like I was telling Andres a little bit ago, I started, uh, I literally started my own MLM. It's been so crazy. Um, I've yeah, been, I heard about this. Oh, I wanted so, to get into this. I've, I thought I've, we were going to, I was going to, I was like, we might argue about this. And it's been a while since I argued with someone on the air. So I'm like, let's do this. But damn it, dude, wait, tell me this now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, 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 I have this idea. We have, I, I have to hop off in like two minutes. Let's. I, I found myself backed into a corner. And I'm like, I need to, I need to make another source of funds. I was like, I, I do Airbnb business in Florida and the, it's hurricane season. You know, I'm not making a lot of money. It's, you know, it's, it's a slow season. The winter comes by, it's really good. But I'm like, I need to figure out how to make some extra money. And um, I'm like, okay, I, I can pull like a rabbit. I'm, I'm really, really good with pulling like rabbits out of the hat and just, you know, generating things. Like I, I'm like, I told a friend, I was like, metaphorically, it's like, you know, I have like investors that are invested in my business and, you know, they're like, we haven't gotten a return on investment like in like two months. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't control the market. You know, like I don't, I don't control cat four hurricanes hitting my state. <laughs> I have no control of that. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm like, I'm like, you know, people are like banging down my door being like, when are we going to our returns? I'm like, 
I promise you soon, just not yet. Um, and I'm like, it's like I'm an I'm a spacecraft pilot. I, I, I did a voyage into outer space, and now we're entering back into the atmosphere. And as we enter the atmosphere, the engine explodes, the wings fall off, and like we are soaring 9.8 meters per second squared to the ground. And everyone, I'm in the back. I know I'm going to land this plane. Like I've landed this a million times before. I've been in worse situations, and we've come out completely fine. Like I'm not, I'm not worried at all. But everyone in the back is like freaking me out, and it's actually like causing me to like not focus on what my job is, which is to get to the, you know, the, 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 the the ship to safety. And I'm like, I know I'm going to land this plane and we're all going to be fine. You guys have some water back there. You have a couple snacks back there. Just enjoy the ride. I've done this a million times before. Like Braxton, we don't have an engine. Our parachute burnt up when the engine exploded. And now we have no wings on our, on our spaceship. We are all going to die. I'm like, I promise you we're not. And out in the distance, I'm like, just, you're fine. Just relax, just relax. And we're like, what are you talking about? Just relax. We're going to be safe. No problem. And out in the distance, the sky blackens. And you, we, we look out and we're like, what is that coming? And it's millions and millions of seagulls flying towards us. And the seagulls <laughs> put themselves under the under the ship and they stabilize it. And they, they lower us safely down the ground. I'm like, I told you guys we're going to be fine. Um, so anyway, I started this business that, that was a weird metaphor. Um, but I started this business because I was like, th th those were my seagulls coming out of nowhere. And I was like, I started this business. Um, I'm in the cash exchange business now. And I basically found a, an, an opportunity for people to partner with me and make some passive income as we grow our business and we have more, more avenues coming out. And I haven't really spoken with a bunch of like Southwestern people and quite with the exception of Bizzler. Bizzler is when I kind of like reconnected with my Southwestern roots. I hadn't really spoken with a bunch of Southwestern book kids. And then lo and behold, who shows up? But armies of book kids going, we want this opportunity for ourselves. I just constructed this whole like MLM format where I was like, <laughs> I made 25 grand in my first month, just, you know, like bringing on partners. I'm like, I can structure it so that everyone can succeed this way. And um, be careful. You know, be careful. Oh, I, dude. I, 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 anyway, I tell people like, you know, I'm a huge proponent on, ah. I'm a huge proponent on, you know, on doing things that are, that are consciously good and just. So no differently than like, Hey, if, if I personally think that homosexuality is a sin, then I shouldn't, then I shouldn't, um, partake in homosexuality. Right. But that's just for me. That's not for me to tell Andres what 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 a sin is like. He has his own conscience that he that he gets to live with. And if homosexuality is not a sin for him, then, you know, by all means. But it's not for me to tell Andres what's right and wrong as long as he's not harming other people. Um, right. But, you know, I say that on, on, a, on a welcome call with everyone. I say, hey, I'm going to explain this business to you. And if you're comfortable with what you're doing, then I'll invite you to do it. If you're still skeptical and you're not like for it, I would rather you not do it because I'd rather, you, you know, I don't need to make money on someone thinking that they're doing something wrong or they're acting out of integrity. So like I, 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 I'm a huge pr proponent on that. I'm like, you know, I know what I'm doing is not, is not, is not wrong or bad, but like, you know, if someone thinks that they're breaking some kind of rules or they think that, you know, they're, they're whatever, it'll deteriorate their, 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 their um, integrity. And that's where sickness comes from. That's where, you know, like people have like, the, that's where sickness and it's bad from. for PR. Like it's just in general, bad for right, any business. This is like, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm, you know, that uh, people should uh, like go like that you're doing anything I'm saying in general in any business, like if you are recruiting people who are not excited about what you're doing and it's really eating at them internally, then that's probably not good. That's why a lot if of people I, leave like Northwestern. If I, recruited, <laughs> if I recruited someone in the Southwestern and I steamroll and bulldozered the person into coming work, working with me, they're better off not being in the organization. Yeah. hundred percent. They're going to cause a bunch of problems in my organization. Oh, it's bad. They're going to be you know, so yeah. only as strong as his weakest link. So when like I learned as I got older, as I got a little more successful, that I should be selective with business and I would rather not work with somebody that is going to weaken, you know, a bad apple spoils the bunch. So mm. I've learned like, hey, I'm going to explain what I'm doing. And, you know, if you if you like it and you're you're with it, 
do it. If, if you're not like, I don't need another person. Um, I'm going to be completely fine. I, my phone is ringing off the hook. Um, you know, I literally had like seven WhatsApp messages from people like during this, uh, during the zoom call where people are like, Hey, I have a friend that's interested in the opportunity. Can you jump on a, a three-way call with us? Yeah, of course. So I'm like, I don't need to sign up people just for the purpose of signing them up. I sign people up because I offer people a service that they want to be a part of. Like, I don't need a steamroll. I don't need a bulldoze. Like that was something that, you know, we all, we've all grown out of those stages, right? Where, you know, when I was first recruiting, I'm like, yes, I got one. Someone signed up a DA, you know, yay. And, um, you know, then I got to the point where I'm like, I only really want to be working with people that I want to be spending my time with. And those are people that understand what I'm communicating and are with how I'm communicating it. And if they're not, that's okay. It's not like we're not friends. We just don't need to, you know, we, we just don't need to be like connected in this area. We can be connected in, in, in other areas, you know, as well. So that's, that, that's yeah, just, man. That, that's me, like what I believe and, you know, who I am deep down. I think that's important. And I appreciate that mentality because that's at the end of the day, the, the most important thing is that integrity. So hell yeah, man. Holy shit. Dude, good for you. Enjoy Columbia. Uh, we're going to, we're probably going to call. Yeah, we're probably going to, we'll close this one up here real quick. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to you and I want to congratulate you on your movie, dude. The Thank success you. of it is so awesome. I'm excited to, hey, please let me know when I can access it publicly. I know you, I, there's some stuff going on post production that you guys are working on right now. Yeah. So, um, but if you guys want to get, learn a little bit more about it, Replica is the name of the movie uh, starring Mickey Rourke. Um, and so you guys can go find it. Uh, we'll post the link to the trailer below. I'm sure you, uh, if it's not on YouTube, it probably is on YouTube, but we'll post it wherever it is that people can go find it so they can learn a little bit more about it. And if they want to get a hold of you, we'll also put a link there to find you. Maybe they want to learn more about uh, what you're working on currently, your Air, Airbnb business, um, and then, of course, uh, how to get access to the movie. We'll put it on there, too. So if you guys want to check it out, uh, you can totally do that as well. Uh, I love messages. I love meeting new people like uh, strangers yeah. or friends I haven't met yet. So, like, seriously, reach out. I, you know, I will find a way to connect with you on on something you really love. So, I promise Hell you, yeah. I promise you, I'll be the easiest person to talk to. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome, bro. Hey, man, I appreciate you jumping back on here. You're you're a first official third solo. That's awesome. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. I love the sweater. And by the time this airs, that sweater is going to be. Like, I know. I know. It's going to air just in time for Christmas. So, Replica is a Christmas movie, by the way. It's, it's oh. a Christmas movie. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's, awesome, I don't know. We, there's, some, there's some argument there. It's a movie that takes place during. It's like, it's like Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It's like. I yeah. Mean, it's, <laughs> it's a little of a slight step down of Die, Die Hard being a Christmas movie. Um, but yeah, it does take place during Christmas time. So. so perfect. Oh man. Well, that's so man. Well, awesome guys. We'll catch you on the next episode. Uh, we'll talk to everyone. Um, we'll, hopefully you guys check out the next episode coming up. Um, I'm not exactly. Oh, Meredith, Meredith Kelly is going to be the next one on the air. So hopefully you guys enjoy that one and we'll guys, we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace out everyone. Bye.